0: Hi, and welcome to episode 53 of Walk to Work. So today I'm going to talk about Juneteenth. Uh, Juneteenth is um, a day of celebration uh, to commemorate um, the uh, end of slavery in the United States. Um... So, I've been recently researching it because uh, I heard about Juneteenth for the first time like two or three years ago while watching Blackish. And uh, I know that's how many people uh, in Europe and in the United States, especially white people, uh, first heard about uh, Juneteenth. Uh, And I was like, this is an important part of African American culture that uh, people participating in Lindy Hop and blues should know about, kind of as baseline level of knowledge, Um, and it would be nice if uh, we took a few minutes uh, to uh, observe um, this holiday. Um, I think celebrating it without African-American people would have been uh, kind of out of place, Uh, so it was kind of uh, observance and learning more than uh, celebration. Uh, so we, I gave uh, this very short, like 10-minute talk, uh, both to, on our Lindy evening and our Blues evening uh, between uh, classes. Uh, and so I have kind of an extended version with more information and figured uh, I might as well share that with uh, you folks today. Um, I want to caveat. So I discussed this... Uh, a lot especially with uh, with Jess uh, when we were discussing well what would uh, a good uh, Juneteenth um, observance look like in our local Edinburgh community uh, and I was wanting to put as many uh, use as many words from black people as possible, so like read literally what black people have written. Um, and Jess was concerned that it would be very easy to pick and choose um, those words uh, to uh, find black people as words that said things that we wanted to center. Um, and so rather than do that, uh, we used a lot of, uh, Jess also did some research and shared it with me, uh, and I we both used uh, mostly black sources or pretty much exclusively black sources. Um, But then uh, I think using my own words to reframe them um, is more telling that they are actually my words uh, that I have chosen Uh, and therefore that the um, particular aspects of the story that I choose to center are my uh, choice to center and I'm not pretending that uh, I'm rephrasing uh, something that uh, black people have said. I'm not sure if this is the right way of going about it, but it also allows me to do another thing, which is to not try to to hit an emotional chord uh, that maybe would be contained uh, specifically within black words, Um, because, uh, yeah, I don't think that the emotions... If Juneteenth is familiar to you, or if you are black, then you already know something Uh, about the emotions that are embodied uh, in Juneteenth and the complexity of them. Uh, And if you don't, it's not 20 minutes of my talking that's going to convey those emotions to you uh, in all their depth um, and complexity. So instead, kind of deliberately going for something that's factual but not too much, and that pretty closely follows the outlines of a lot of my sources. So, uh, sources, uh, a Henry Louis Gates Jr. article on PBS where he writes, What is Juneteenth? Uh, Juneteenth, Why Celebrate? Uh, on the website Racism Review by Jesse Daniels. When Black Joy Has White Witnesses by Dominique Matty. Juneteenth, A Red Spot Day on the Texas Calendar, which is a uh, chapter in a collection, Juneteenth Texas Essays in American, African-American Folklore, and this particular essay is by William H. Wiggins, Jr. Juneteenth, It's Always Right to Celebrate Fe- Freedom by Dr. Charles Taylor. This was a speech that he gave in 2004. Uh, juneteenth.com has a lot of information, uh, and Teen Vogue uh, published a great story on Uh, Juneteenth itself, uh, last Wednesday, uh, which I didn't have in time, I hadn't read in time for the, uh, for my talk, but that I've read since then. Uh, And so that is, What is Juneteenth? How is it celebrated? And why does it matter? By Jamila Nasheed. Uh, And last, um, an article that I kind of liked because it tied together Father's Day uh, and Juneteenth. Um... Damon Stone uh, once told me that on the one hand, we do have this idea that uh, we shouldn't try to experience or imagine the experience of black people when we're when white people, shouldn't try to imagine this experience, but that they can hear other people's experiences and understand them. And so, and that was especially the point that was important to Damon. He wanted to say these experiences, these are relatable experiences. Um, and making, understanding that those experiences are relatable, and that they're not other, and that uh, these are not some kind of, um, yeah, no, I don't know how to frame it better, Uh, just that the experiences are relatable, so that's what I want to close, uh, that's what I'm going to close with. So anyway, yes, uh, starting off, Juneteenth. So Juneteenth commemorates a specific day, which is June 19th, 1865, which was uh, the day that um, union forces arrived in Galveston, Texas, at the end of the Civil War, or actually two months after the end of the Civil War, announcing, or rather enforcing, uh, the abolition of slavery in Texas. And so um, there are many other... Uh, celebrations of emancipation have existed over the ages, but it's this specific celebration in Texas. uh, This is kind of the last or arguably the last slaves uh, to be freed uh, in the United States um, and celebrating kind of that lastness, uh, which is why, according to some, it's this particular emancipation celebration that survives as uh, opposed to others. so, some historical context uh, for those of you like me don 't know anything about the civil war um, eighteen sixty one the Civil War breaks out um, eleven uh, slave holding states um, separate uh, or secede to form uh the confederacy uh, Four slave-owning states stay with the Union, so those are often called the border states. I believe they're Delaware, Maryland, and two others, not sure which ones. Tennessee, <clears throat> yes, geography of the United States, not necessarily my forte. Um, and two years later, a Lincoln, who... Uh, by that t- point has made clear, and there are many documents that, uh, that uh, uh, point to this, that emancipation is not a goal of his. His goal is uh, reunifying the states. So he says if he can reunify the states without freeing a single black slave, he will. If it t- t- what it takes to reunify the states is to free all black slaves, he will do that. But basically that's his goal is reunification that's definitely what was publicly stated. Um, And 1863 first of January there is a proclamation, the Emancipation Proclamation that all slaves in um, rebel, currently rebelling states that are not under Union control uh, are now free. So I'm Not quite sure what the details of that is, it's a rather weird document, especially when it really details like uh, New Orleans is is under union control at that point, Uh, so are other parts, many other parts, and all those parts I believe that are under union control are explicitly excluded from this document. and yeah, th- is that a, a way to try to get uh, slaves inside the yet uncontrolled areas to help the Union to try to escape and help the Union gain advantage? Or is it a way of um, maintaining the potential promise that uh, non-rebelling areas will be able to keep slaves? I'm, I'm not sure what the, 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 the details of that is, and I haven't really been there. I spent a lot of time trying to read and understand and wasn't really able to. Uh, But the general point is um, all slaves that are in areas where the Union cannot enforce this currently are free. And so you have slaves uh, freeing themselves by escaping to uh, Union-controlled territory. Uh, And as um, the... uh, Union gradually uh, controls more and more territory towards uh, uh, winning the Civil War. I assume that slaves progressively became free. Uh, Again, not really sure about the details of that. Uh, Two years later in January 1865, the 13th Amendment is ratified. That's an amendment that bans, uh, no, is uh, written uh, and that's an amendment that bans uh, slavery uh, at federal level. Uh, and during eighteen sixty five all the states uh progressively uh, or gradually ratify this uh, amendment um, in april eighteen sixty five the 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 confederacy surrenders and so the war is won to, and at this point so already starting in eighteen sixty three or maybe even earlier. Um, slave owners in the South are seeing, oh, this is, this is not going to end well, what we're going to do is we're going to take ourselves or we're going to take our slaves, uh, we're going to head off to Texas, because there was a general consensus that in Texas, uh, the union would never be able to enforce this liberation of slaves. Uh, and therefore, Texas was a safe a safe haven uh, for uh, either keeping your slaves or um, moving to with your slaves. Um, and so it's two months after the Civil War ends that Union forces march into Galveston, that's an island just outside Houston, or on an island just outside Houston, um, and uh, announce... The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts, and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere." Uh, And so that's basically coming to Texas and saying, you know that thing that we said? uh, Here's some guns to actually back that up. Free your slaves. Um, And so obviously Texas is huge, Galveston is just on the edge of it, Uh, slaves did not get freed overnight. Um, many got shot and killed um, many uh, snuck off uh, some the stories go uh, before even that uh, this this particular proclamation uh, had finished being made um, One uh, story is uh, tells the story of someone who uh, up and leaves his family, his sister, his mother, and father and he says you won 't ever see me again and just heads off and I'm not quite sure what the, I didn't find. I wasn't able to find more context to that, but just the idea of being this is such a risky thing that I'm going to sneak off uh, without all of you um, is just uh, incredible. Um, and so so some places um, tried to keep slaves and they had to be forced to surrender their slaves. Um, others kept them the whole of that summer to get an extra harvest out of them. Uh, One woman says that she was kept as a slave for a further six years. Um, And of course, um, sharecropping, uh, debt peonage, and other forms of slavery that are actually explicitly... uh, so um, involuntary servitude is prohibited by the 13th Amendment. So then it gets into the semantics of what involuntary servitude uh, constitutes, but basically sharecropping uh, and debt peonage continue well into the 1950s um, and are technically uh, illegal, With some people from the beginning, the early 1900s or late 1800s onwards, actually being convicted for this, uh, but generally it's a practice that took a really long time uh, to uh, be completely enforced and eradicated. Uh, so Juneteenth, uh, people obviously, uh, had been eagerly awaiting this moment, and so they wanted, uh, so they celebrated, uh, and in Texas, uh, I believe almost immediately, uh, June 19th, uh, became celebrated, uh, every year, and so they would celebrate by having a huge feast, um, they would celebrate by putting on... Uh, their best clothes and generally um, showing that they were uh, the equal of anybody. Uh, One of the strong values that's recounted as being part of this celebration is um, uh, education and betterment and kind of showing uh, the the equality and betterment. so they would uh read uh, have speeches uh, read uh, excerpts uh, of works by black authors and this um, and they would also read uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, which uh, is is particularly uh impressive when you think of it you're in the south you 're celebrating your freedom, and you have a bunch of white former slave owners uh basically just next to you um, or Living in close proximity with them, uh, and your way of, mm, uh, of of showing your pride at being free is reading to them this tech. Oh, or I mean not to them directly, but reading this Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, that's a, a pretty uh, gutsy move. Uh, so the. Uh, one quote by uh, Wiggins, um, Juneteenth Sunday best dress clothes for its myriad rituals of rodeos, baseball games, barbecue and fried fish dinners, dances and church programs was one of the most popular rituals used by the early celebrants, celebrants to symbolize their new social status as free men and women. One informant summed up these sentiments well when he told me, the 19th of June was just a second Christmas. Everything is especially set aside for that day. even bought your new shoes, your new clothes, and dressed up. Um, And so this celebration from Texas, uh, there's, uh, during the reconstruction and uh, later on, there's the first great migration where uh, millions of uh, former slaves from the south migrate uh, north uh, and uh, to California. um, And they bring uh, this... Uh, Juneteenth celebration with them, and gradually it becomes uh, the major uh, celebration of, of of emancipation. But also, so uh, Reconstruction, uh, sorry, re- restoration, Reconstruction, restoration, Reconstruction, Reconstruction lasts until 1977. So this is a period of occupation uh, in the South by uh, federal forces, uh, and basically enforcement on their part. Uh, of uh, the civil rights uh, that uh, former slaves, uh, the black people, have now acquired. Um, And so there's some complex uh, political stuff going on behind the scenes, Uh, and in 1875 um, uh, an Equality Act uh, is created uh, at the federal level uh, that basically says that uh, the um, United States may not discriminate. Uh, against um, people on the basis uh, of um, uh, color uh, or race um, but at the same time a number of challenges to this start coming up um, and so it's basically you win some and you lose some um, 77 they withdraw troops uh, from the south and from then onwards uh, this Equality Act uh, suffers a number of state-level um, um, uh, attacks uh, where states uh, enact the Jim Crow laws uh, that legalize segregation or enforce segregation, uh, although the government may not discriminate um, laws that suppress black votes uh, exist, laws that uh, discriminate uh, in terms of housing, uh, laws that says, that say that uh, individuals and um, uh, corporations uh, may discriminate. Uh, laws that segregate schools, uh, laws that segregate, segregate public transport, laws that say that blacks may not gather in public places, all those, um, as soon as slavery ends and well into uh, the, the 20th century, all, the, all these laws uh, get uh, passed. Uh, And so it's such that early Juneteenth celebrations are difficult uh, to do. People have to gather by rivers and lakes because public areas are not accessible to them. Uh, And it's such that uh, in several cities in Texas, um, blacks uh, saved up together um, to um, uh, buy land on which they could uh, legally have uh, a Juneteenth celebration. Uh, So it's particularly a park in Houston uh, that's well known for that. and so with all this um increased segregation, Jim Crow laws, etc, uh it becomes increasingly clear that um, a lot has been won, but a lot has also been lost and a lot is left to to win and the the there's a general feeling of um uh, of disillusionment, uh, especially uh leading into World War a uh, return from World War II. Um Uh, people find that uh, the, the the freedoms that were available to them uh, in the army and uh, during, um, uh, while they were in Europe, for example, uh, are not available to them uh, anymore uh, when they return, and uh, that it doesn't look like there's any end in sight. Uh, so that's the, and at that point uh, Juneteenth kind of is uh, increasingly less celebrated. Um, and then it becomes kind of more celebrated during the civil rights era and especially culminating in the poor people's March, which was uh, originally planned by uh, Martin Luther King and was carried out uh, by his friends after his assassination. Uh, and that was a big uh, march that happened on June 19th, uh, 1968, or was it 1965? E- not sure which one of the two. Um, and um, um, from that, uh, people had traveled from all over the United States, and so they brought this United, this uh, Juneteenth celebration uh, back with them to their homes uh, and Juneteenth began to really soar in popularity in uh, the 1970s uh, and many uh, uh, states attempted to pass legislation to make it a statewide holiday and also a holiday at the federal level uh, And uh, so the first one was Texas in 1979 and gradually others added on but even now uh, It's not a federal holiday although. It's one that um, uh, Whoever the president is tends to issue some kind of statement um, And only 45 states have actually made it uh, a state holiday um, so the the kinds of celebrations that happen uh, in Juneteenth um, are readings of the Emancipation Proclamation or from uh, Black authors such as Ralph Ellison or Maya Angelou, uh, and that's also because oral history is really important in Black culture and a way of um, fighting back against what school systems don't uh, teach. Religious practices such as prayers, sermons and singing Uh, especially spirituals uh, that have uh, songs related to slavery uh, such as Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, uh, or Wade in the Water. Um, Food, so obviously barbecue, fried fish, sweet potato pie. um, Tea cakes, uh, which is uh, um, a kind of uh, biscuit or cookie uh, that is said to uh, be uh, imitation or improvement on tea cakes that white folks had. Um, during times of slavery, uh, and that slaves would make with whatever um, spices uh, and ingredients were available to them, which was uh, very few. Uh, And a lot of red foods, Uh, so red soda water, strawberry soda, uh, red velvet cake, um, red fruits, uh, and other red things. Uh, with red having, uh, depending on who you read, various uh, symbolisms such as uh, literal blood spilt, uh, symbolizing resilience, uh, just people like the color red, uh, or that red has uh, magical properties um, going all the way back to um, uh, African um, Asante and Yoruba cultures. Uh, and also, then uh, always because it's actually it is also a celebration, uh, parades, uh, baseball, rodeo, uh, beauty pageants, obviously music, singing, and dancing. Uh, and so the, the the meaning of Juneteenth is described by various people. Uh, one is uh, the the contrast with July Fourth. So July Fourth is supposed to be uh, the a sort of celebration of freedom of the United States uh, and. Um, in the, the, the years between uh, July 4th uh, in the 18th century and uh, emancipation, uh, many black people know, well, you guys are free, but we're not free. Uh, and so Juneteenth uh, feels like uh, a day of celebration of freedom, uh, an affirmation of humanity that also includes black people that black people don't feel excluded from. Uh, there's the slightly popular culture idea that Uh, Slaves in Texas didn't know they were free until two years after, more than two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. So, of course, they they, they knew, but uh, with no one to enforce it, they might as well not have been. And so um, there's this idea that... um, emancipation uh, happened but then nobody even let slaves, bothered to let slaves in Texas know that they were free for two and a half years. Um, And more correctly but just as unjustly, uh, no one was able to uh, enforce uh, that freedom or willing to enforce that freedom um, for uh, another two and a half years. Uh, There's uh, an idea that Juneteenth celebrates uh, the shared bond between uh, black Americans Uh, across uh, geography and across uh, all generations. And it's a time to reflect on struggles and victories, uh, on uh, the idea of promise, but also the betrayal uh, of that promise, uh, how far things have come and how far they still have to go. So I had kind of some thoughts uh, on what I encourage you to do is I'm going to post some resources and I encourage people to, to go read up uh, on Juneteenth on how exactly uh, it came about, how uh, slavery, uh, emancipation, uh, and then um, the Jim Crow era going all the way through to the civil rights era, how all those things happened and came about, and like what, what there is to learn from that uh, for uh, white people, um, and how uh, black people uh, view it uh, and interpret it and continue to suffer from it uh, because obviously the, <laughs> the the 13th amendment um, did not uh, pro- prohibit um, uh, involuntary labor except uh, in prisons uh, which gives us uh, current modern day slavery uh, in the United States. Um, and so I think it's important for, for, for you not to kind of stop at my words um, and, and to to read up further, uh, and I kind of have, uh, and especially to, to, to fill in the, the deliberate emotional gap that I've been trying to not fill in too much, um, because black people are not monolithic. Many black people hold many wide-ranging uh, opinions about Juneteenth. Some celebrate and observe, some don't. Some want a generalise holiday, some don't. Some think the white people are welcome, some don't. Um, and there's a range of really complex and deep, uh, emotions, um, and also apathy, um, associated, uh, which, yeah, there's no way I can, I can convey, um, those to you and also no way that I currently understand them well enough, uh, to convey them to you. Um, so there's no national holiday in the U.S. to commemorate the end of slavery, which is a bit terrible when you think about it. But this is also true, for example, in the UK. Uh, so uh, the British Empire abolished slavery in um, 1833, although there were still some areas that uh, had uh, a great amount of time to adapt to that. Uh, the British Empire, unlike uh, the United States, actually gave compensation to slave owners uh, when they liberated them. Um, which the United States had considered doing, Lincoln had considered doing, but ended up not doing. And now, of course, uh, current day question, well, a long ongoing question, but current day uh, topic uh, for this year is uh, reparations. Um, uh, And definitely the reparations should go to the formerly enslaved people rather than to their owners. Um, Yeah, and the UK. From the early 18th century onwards, it's pretty clear that there is no support in law in England for slavery. Um, There's no way that people in England can own slaves, and there's a general uh, feeling that um, people in England shouldn't own slaves. And yet, uh, there are slave markets in England, there's slave trade participation in England, Um, there are slaves uh, in England all throughout the 18th century until the, the the mid-end 1870s or something like that, uh, when um, a slave uh, manages or a former slave manages to sue for his freedom. And it goes before court and he wins because there is no support in law. But there has no, been no support for in law ever in England for slavery. Uh, and so anyone could have decided, slavery is a terrible idea, let's not do it. Let's fight the court battle about this. Uh, but it took slaves actually uh, fighting their own court battle for that uh, to, to, to be won. Um, and I think that tells us also something is uh, the, 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 the literal passiveness of uh, white people in bringing about the end of slavery and the storied passiveness of black people. Uh, so the, the way that if you look at white narratives, slaves were freed and then they were free. And so they should be grateful to white people for freeing them. Um, whereas slaves were not freed, they freed themselves, they fought for their freedom. Um, they fought it uh, with a rebellion, they fought it by escaping, they fought it with their lives and their deaths, uh, with their bodies, uh, they fought it in courts of law, they fought it by getting educated. This is a very active story and uh, if you read black authors you'll see um, the way that they describe this actively. Uh, as opposed to the way that white authors, not all, but uh, in in general will describe it passively. And probably involuntarily, I think if I re-listen to this, uh, I'll find that I describe some things passively um, as well. And the other thing when you read uh, black authors is to focus on the way that they tell the story what points of focus they bring. So, again, I slightly deliberately avoided bringing uh, too much points of focus because I'm not sure which ones are the appropriate ones for me to bring. I'm not sure what meaning actually exists uh, in uh, black folk bringing those points of uh, of focus. Uh, But I encourage you, yeah, any time you hear a black person tell a story about something you think, oh, I already know this, this is introduction level stuff, I know this, pay really close attention to what they're focusing on, to what um, they include, to what they leave out, and to how you might have told that story differently, and I think it really tells you something uh, that you didn't know. Uh, And so, rather than my usual sign out, I'm going to leave you with um, a quote from a blog post that I... Kind of liked um, Danielle C Belton um, <clears throat> writes a post uh, called uh, "What whoop, called What My Father on Juneteenth uh, Taught Me About Having Expectations." Uh, And so she's basically comparing how her father was uh, amazing uh, and cared for her and her mother in a way uh, that few men in the future in her life would do. Um, And uh, that people commented, oh, your father spoiled you for other guys. Uh, And she compares the the dashed expectations that her father set up um, with the dashed expectations uh, that emancipation set up. And these are the last two paragraphs that I will leave you with, and I will see you next week. Take care. Juneteenth is about expectations. Sure, it's a celebration of freedom with a side of barbecue, but with that freedom came expectations. Expectations that we would be treated equally and not as second-class citizens, that we'd be able to marry and love those of our choosing, those who would also choose us, and that we would be able to work and live as free people. Some said that we expected too much too soon, So many died fighting to have their expectations met you're supposed to have expectations of yourself of others of this world there's nothing wrong with expecting something more something better and fighting for that demanding that instead of settling for the scraps the world throws down at us expecting us to be grateful for them what was true for newly free men and women is true for us in all aspects of our lives romantic or otherwise i'm grateful to have a father who taught me that i was free free to choose my own path, free to make up my own mind, free to celebrate Juneteenth, even if my mother did make fun of it.